Now, Wisdom from the Abbey with Mother Hilda. A young woman came to see me recently, I know her well. She was visibly upset, and after a cupper and the usual pleasantries, out came the heart-rending story. She'd met and fallen in love with a young man who, to all intents and purposes, looked like Mr. Wright. He said and did all the right things. He was a member of her local church community. He was much liked by her parents, and she was welcomed with open arms by his family. He had a good job, was secure, and most certainly upwardly mobile. They had a great deal in common in terms of values and aspirations. They took the relationship at a sensible pace and prided themselves on getting to know each other. Marriage seemed to be moving closer every day. The many friends they had in common rejoiced. And all round, you couldn't have found a happier story. Then it happened. They were at a joint venture with other people and his phone rang. Without thinking, she picked it up, ready to tell the caller that she would get her boyfriend to ring them back. The caller revealed a horrible truth. This young man was leading more than a double life. He was living a particularly unhealthy life. It wasn't criminal, but it was psychiatrically dysfunctional. Her world fell apart. When she confronted him with it, he didn't deny it. Then she discovered that his family knew all about this and were hoping that her influence would change their son. The scales fell from her eyes and she saw what she should have been seeing all along. There was no future with this young man and yet she had grown to love him. In coming to me, I think she had hoped that I would perhaps endorse an unreal expectation and say, go ahead. Love conquers all, but I couldn't. She knew, but didn't want to know, that life married to this young man would have condemned her to a life of misery. And yet she loved him and wanted him back. It was sad in the extreme. I hope she left me a little clearer, but I know she left me still hurting. I couldn't help but see a mirror image of God in all of this and wonder... Who consoles him? He aches as my young friend does, but time and time again, despite our sinfulness, faults, waywardness, he simply recommits himself to us and takes us back. He knows very well that we're never really likely to change, and yet he still calls us his. Who consoles him? And how does one console God? I'm wondering. I offer you no answer. But I leave you with the question for this week. How will you console the heart of God?